Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Venice and Friends. I am Venice, and I am joined by one of my friends today, Gail Cabrick. Hey, Gail. Hi, Venice. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Yes, I'm excited for this one. Me too. I've actually been so anticipating this conversation that I keep thinking every week, is this conversation. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we've been talking about uh, perfectionism. We've just had a whole theme, actually, really kind of exploring. I think, you know, like how, I guess, like, we've talked about comparison. What else have we talked about? Confidence. Confidence. I guess they all have to do with, like, how we perceive ourselves. You know, that would, I guess, be the overall very large picture, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yes. And so perfectionism is something I don't think everyone struggles with, but definitely a great number of people do. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, Gail. Me too. Tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself before we get started. Oh, oh, I'd love to. Um, so I am um, Gail Cabrick, and I am a life coach and an entrepreneur. And um, gosh, I'm married, and I have, I don't think I've ever shared this, but I am a big pet lover, so I have six cats. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so my house is not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's talk about perfectionism. We'll just kind of start more personally, I think will be a great okay. place to start. And then we can just kind of offer some suggestions or kind of things for people to consider who maybe have struggled with perfectionism or are struggling with perfectionism now. So, sure. you know, I know because I know your story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm how to, so how would you just kind of tell us a little, little bit about your journey of, you know, how you got confined, I think is a way I would explain it. Cause we all get, it's so confining to be perfectionistic. And then, you know, what happened that you were able to learn a new way? Um, well, for me, I would say it started probably even back like with growing up, mm. you know, it, it kind of ties in with comparison. And when you have other siblings, you, you, you see them do things mm -hmm. and you want to be perfect. So I would say it's kind of growing up and wanting to be perfect. And back in those days, you know, uh, those days being, okay, I'm, I'm in my 60s. So it was like the 70s and the, and the 60s of time frame. And so, um, you know, you had a lot of magazines and women were seen a certain way. Mm -hmm. So growing up for me, uh, comparing to what's on the TV and comparing to what's on the, um, the perfectness, the perfect pictures, that's. I would say where it started, like I have to be a certain way to be perfect mm. and I want it perfect. And, um, you know, you see things and uh, the TV was coming out. So you see how women were 
projected Mm -hmm. and perceived. Yeah. And the conversation wasn't very open for women to really state how they would want to be. I mean, even when you looked at the the ads, women wearing these dresses and, and all made up to clean house. Seriously? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can still hear the commercials for that. But yeah, that's kind of where my perfection has started and, and just wanting to do it perfect and, and, you know, to, and to be admired, you know, from my parents to get attention. Cause when you've got other siblings around, you want the attention. Mm. So being praised and adored um, when you're little is something you, you start finding ways in which to do that. So when you do something and I'm not saying parents are wrong to, to praise like that. I just say that it does formulate a certain way that you think something should be done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So can I share from my experience a little bit? Sure. So for me, <laughs> thanks. We're dancing in this conversation. We are. <laughs> so for me, it was like, um, I don't really know when, like where perfectionism came from for me. I don't like, for instance, I didn't grow up with a a mom who had to have everything perfect. So I didn't, I didn't inherit that from my mom. My mom was always like, you can be the best you, you want to be type of attitude. But my mom never really even pushed me. Like, you know how some parents are like, no, you have to be the best. My, my mom was never like that with me, but somehow and then I was the eldest too. So you have all these siblings, right? I didn't, I didn't really have that. I had two younger brothers and my youngest brother was born like 12 or 13 years after me. So I had a lot of life in between my, my, my two brothers, you know, age difference wise. But I think just somewhere along the line, you know, I had this standard of myself that, I had to do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is somewhere along the line, I made up that I'm right and everyone else is wrong. And if you don't do it my way, you're wrong too. (laughs) Mm. You know, but like, I honestly go, because I'm really thinking like, when did that start? I can't really, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I do know though that for many years I had to have things my way and I wasn't very flexible. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't do it my way, well, then my way was the standard. It was a standard for myself, but it was also the standard for people, you know? And, um, I don't really know where that came from but it was for me when I turned 30 and that was really 30 was like such a huge pivotal change in my life that I started to see the degree to how perfectionistic I was with myself it's like you know how you were sharing like when you grew up you see things like models like mm-hmm. in TV or what a, what a woman is supposed to be like, 
what a wife is supposed to be like, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's like I made the standard Mm. for myself, but no one really told me. And I don't recall seeing like, you know, looking at like beaver cleaver or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, like the moms. You know, I don't remember that, but maybe because I'm in a different generation than you as well. Yeah. You know, we were latchkey kids when I was growing up and my mom was divorced and she worked and we were mostly watching cartoons. You know, you watched a lot of cartoons. We didn't so much watch shows, but yeah. So I, I think it's interesting, the contrast in how perfectionism kind of emerged in your life versus my life such a different way right Mm -hmm. yeah and then it's carried on through generations because that's what like you said it was a standard for you yeah yeah that we carry forward and so things I learned I it it carried into me to work Mm. so then there were standards within work Mm -hmm. and and there is, you know, we use that word kind of loosely at times mm-hmm. and we don't really think how it's going to impact another person. Yeah. Because we don't know what their thought is, like what you were saying, the standard that you made up for yourself. Yeah. So as you were sharing, I was I was thinking for myself, like, how did that look for me? Did I did I then impose my own standard? Mm-hmm based on everything around me. Mm-hmm. And I would say it, I, I did in addition to putting pressure on myself for being it, somebody else's perfect Yeah, in the workplace, which then really gives you less uh, limitations or you're very much more constricted and there's more limitations that you're putting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. One thing that I noticed as I was raising my kids, so my eldest son was 11 when I started really going through this major kind of like change in my life. And I raised my kids that they had to do things exactly certain, certain ways. And so I'm sure that like Stephen probably learned and John well, all, they were all born so close together, right? But I think Stephen and Stephen mostly. But when I, when, as I started to really change, I started to really like not have so many expectations on them. Mm. And I really was, I mean, I wasn't trying to do this, but I did it. I, I you know, now I'm thinking about it and it's like, because it is passed on to generations and I could see like, or like you're saying in work context, like you transfer that perfectionism to different places in your life. Right. Yes. Well, definitely I could see how I transferred that to my kids, but then there was like a reversal of sorts where I really started to just get more like compassionate with them and being like, well, maybe you don't have to do it this way you know, how Mm. else can you do this? You know? Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe in a way, you know, I was able to kind of reverse 
that um, expe- high demanding expectation. Yes. Uh, from my kids. And, you know, they've all, because I've asked them, you know, from time to time, I'm like, what did I do good on and what did I not do good on? I, lo- I love feedback. And one of the things that, you know, my kids have told me is, mom, you always gave me room to be in my life where I was at, Mm. you know, and I, Mm -hmm. that's like the complete opposite of perfectionism (laughs) (laughs) because perfectionism is there is a standard and you have to do it this way. Correct. You know, so it's interesting. Then I see my grandkids and the impact on their lives. I'm the same way with them. It's like, well, you know, it's okay if you don't do it, if, if you mess up. Yes. You know, and I, and I really appreciate, um, I'm actually just really getting present to that right now, this conversation, because it's not something mm-hmm. I think about very much, you know, but mm-hmm. so it's almost like I've been able to reverse the perfectionism in my family generational line. Yep. But also in my business, because you work with me and, you know, I think it's pretty much nine out of 10, like 90% of people, they struggle with having to do it right, um, comparing their journey with other people, um, comparing like there's a standard of how I'm supposed to be. I've been coaching for this amount of time. I'm not where I need to be. And people really get messed up by that. (laughs) They do. They do. Remember that, Gail? (laughs) Oh, yes. I can raise my hand high. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, go ahead. ahead. With you doing that, I just am present to um, when you said the space and and letting people, you know, give a little mess up to things. It really, I'm sitting here thinking, yes, because as you provide that people have to discover yeah and I think for kids for anybody if it can be because we want the answers right away yeah and but it's through the discovery um that we learn different things and I I'm also looking at it like from the creativity point of view like what from a child you know mm-hmm. being able to mess up and what can they create newly that yeah make the same result yeah but it was letting go of the per- perfect way or the standard mm-hmm. that let kind of stretch and and um, expand yourself yeah totally you know because it's like when when you have to do things a certain way there's no room for creativity there's mm-hmm. very little room for discovery, you know? I mean, yeah. And I just really feel like, so, you know, the context that I live in my life inside of is, you know, everything, life is such a journey of growth and development. And yes. so inside of that, you know, I, I choose to give myself and my clients room for their process of growth mm-hmm. because when you're growing there is no perfect everybody grows in the same way that, that's not how it goes everyone grows <laughs> at their own pace in their own way 
And so, you know, as a coach, you have to give people room to be in their process. Mm -hmm. Because if I start trying to restrict their process, it, it, it just doesn't work. It messes up the space. You know, and my, mm -hmm. one of the things I really have had to give up is like, and it's so hilarious that I'm saying this because part of me is like, you know, you have to do it this way. There's this other part mm -hmm. of me. It's like, I'm constantly giving that up mm. constantly, you know, and you might not be able to tell, but I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have thoughts, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's giving it up, giving it up giving it up in service of providing someone with room to grow. Yes. And that is such a gift. And people, I don't know if I know as your, one of your clients that that is a gift. That's so great that to be able to experience that. And I don't know if many people really realize the gift it is. Yeah. 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 It's, um, well, we both know this lady named Margie Parrott. Um, mm. She was one of my course leaders for one of my favorite courses ever. And, you know, I just remember like interacting with Margie and it was like there was nothing wrong. And I, I mean, it's, it's such a memorable experience. I remember it, you know, mm -hmm. I remember what it was like her just interacting with her and it was like there was nothing over there where she was it was just like just pure love or something I don't know yeah. <laughs> you know like this is so amazing you know mm -hmm. but it just gave me room you know and I, I know this conversation there you know you're listening to this conversation to Gail and I's conversation the people that are tuning in and you know I think if there was one thing that I would say to help you unlearn perfectionism it would be to really take on that you know you're in a process of growth and it's like holding yourself to a standard which many times we can never meet mm -hmm. it's so limiting and it's so constricting and I think that's the first place to start is like, look, get in reality here. <laughs> you're living in a standard that you're never going to be able to meet or achieve. And like, there is no perfection. It's a meaning we made up. It is. You know, mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I, this was one of the most memorable memories I have in my life. It has to do around my faith with God. I was driving and, and I used to always be like, this is in my twenties. If I could just pray enough, if I could just read my Bible enough and I need to go to church more. And, you know, I had this perfectionistic way of being a Christian and I could never meet the mark. And I remember I was driving and I stopped my car and I remember like I had this light bulb moment, like an aha, that it was like, I'm never going to achieve perfection because that's not what Christianity is. I'm never going to get there. And it was like, I'll never forget. It was like 
well, now what am I going to do? Like if I'm <laughs> never going to arrive and I've been working all this time to get to that perfection place with God, now what? You know? <laughs> and, and what I discovered years later after that was it it's never going to be arriving. Instead, it's a journey of learning who God is and who I am and a relationship with him that it, he always meets me where I'm at always. And it's such a journey of discovery with God. Yes. You know, and, and I love it. It's like, there's so much freedom in that. And it's not about how many times I've gone to church or, you know, or how am I praying every single day? It's not about religious duty. It's all relational, but like, it's the same thing in life. It's like, yeah, it's like, there is not like this standard that somehow we make up in our mind. That's based on something from someone like you were sharing earlier, but instead it's like, maybe have some compassion on yourself. I think that's (laughs) the biggest one for most people. It's hard to, we don't even consider that it's, and it's kind of like to love ourselves. Yes. It's one of the things we're supposed to do, but I mean, even under like a quotation supposed to, but really it's more compassion, like having that on ourselves to give ourselves, look, we didn't come into this world in a clean environment. (laughs) It was kind of messy when we came in. Mm -hmm. It's not, I think that's, I think I've heard people say that, but it's like, you know, really, it does get a little messy at times. And, and yet you discover, and when you discover, you can have play and ease Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. compassion. And it gives you all sorts of ways in which to, to do a job or to, to be a person Mm. rather than to be all tight Mm. and your, your shoulders are so up around your neck, you look like a turtle and you feel all tight and, and, you know, tense and that's not doing your body any good either. So learning to let go and be a little bit relaxed. And I I think it's learning to dance with, with life, with the things that come at us that may not be as perfect as we've made up. It should be. Yeah. That's good. And acknowledging that, okay, maybe it wasn't as perfect as, but you know, if you look back, sometimes the masterpiece art shows up. Mm, Yes that you don't see but somebody else can see I I did a finger painting once with a gal named Janet Paleo Mm -hmm. we were working through some some um an issue that I was having and she Mm -hmm. brought out the paints Mm -hmm. and we were sitting there finger painting and Mm -hmm. she was just talking to me and as I was painting I was using different colors and when we got through she looked at it and she said oh my gosh that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen do you see the rose in the picture Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see it at first, but she saw it. (gasps) Wow. So, you know, to me, it was just a picture at the time that was helping me with talk through something and, Mm -hmm. and it worked, but it really provided a different afterwards. It has such a different meaning to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. Talking things through and seeing what we make up and, and just having great dialogue is really the other thing to show us how imperfect we can be and still be 
loved and compassionate. And mm-hmm. That's good. I love that, Gail. <laughs> what word of wisdom would you like to share? A little wisdom nugget about unlearning perfectionism. Um, I would just say it's for me, it's the disco- the the inner child, like the inner child mm-hmm. of discovery. Yeah. That's good. Say more about that. I, I am just drawn to how, because I have some great nieces and nephews being born. Uh-huh. And, you know, as you watch a baby learn just how to roll mm. or just the new things that they're discovering about their hands and their body and their environment mm-hmm. and how they interact with younger siblings that are like two and under three and under watching kids in their innocence. Yeah. Yes. It's such a privilege. Number one to see your, you know, that they're sharing these pictures because it's like the first time the child rolls, the mom is so excited that she caught the picture and that you can see the child moving. And, and, and that's kind of, that's, it, it looks perfect, but it's really kind of imperfect because the child is just kind of wonky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how we perceive it is it's, it's perfect. Yeah. That's good, Gail. That's well, kind of like let your inner child that really wants to discover something about yourself or to do something you've never done because you've, you've had it that you're not perfect enough to do it. Yeah. It's kind of like me taking a jazzercise class at the YMCA. I kid you not. I was the person in the back going left when everybody's going right. <laughs> I love it. She was eight steps ahead of me. And they were oh, all doing my their turns gosh. And it was probably hysterical and frustrating for her, for people. At the same time. <laughs> I never went back because of the, what she had said about the class. But oh. I just thought, I, I look at that and think, oh, yeah, that was kind of me at that point. You know, so when people are out there trying something new and they're not all perfect, you know, you just got to just give them the space. Yeah, that's good, Gail awesome all right guys well i mean this is just i love my conversations with gail i love our conversations they're so great and you know for those of you that are listening and if you're like you know i really am tired of perfectionism i i I know it well i really invite you to to really try on just as a first simple step is to give yourself some compassion because you know it didn't start overnight it's years in the making and it's going to take time to really unlearn very habitual ways of doing life inside of perfectionism yes yeah and if you're looking for a community to really grow and expand yourself in i really invite you to join our hashtag uu life coaching group and uh, it's a wonderful space. And, you know, we're up to some really amazing things. And I don't know, I just feel like this group is going to like, it's like, it's an incubation. And it's just going to like grow into this beautiful community of women, empowered women. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right, Gail. Well, let everyone know how they can follow you on social media. Oh, um, my, it's Gail, G-A-I-L-A. K-Brick, it's K-A-B as in boy, R-I-C-H. 
and um yeah that's on the solo picture i do have a um personal page with my husband's picture so that I can kind of distinguish it myself. (laughs) Dale A. Kabrick and I would love to have you um, like and share and come and join. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'll talk to you later, Gail. Until next week. Okay, bye everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.